Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayer for attention to Paul's epistle to the Colossians, Colossians and chapter 4. And we read for our text, verse 2. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. And specifically upon my spirit and really the main message this evening is this first word, continue in prayer. And if nothing else is taken away, if nothing else is remembered from the message this evening, May this be remembered. Continue in prayer. On to look first at several points relative to uh, the context here and to prayer itself before coming to three clear points that are set before us in this verse. Firstly, with the context, the chapter begins with the word masters and it is very clear that this word then is specifically to masters. It's to a a, a class of people. Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal. So the word then is very clearly not unto servants the message is to masters and we think of in the previous chapter in verse 18 we have wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the lord husbands love your wives be not bitter against them and so we're introduced to the truth that the word is very specific. The Word of God doesn't just speak to everybody in a light manner. There are some texts, there are some passages that are very clearly directed to a people and not to other people. For instance, there are those words that are to the Lord's dear people, those that uh, already have the assurance that The Lord has called them and quickened them. Many of the epistles are in that way. And if we have not got that token, that assurance, we are to have that godly jealousy that we might have that blessing and those blessings that are written therein and not just listen to them all and appropriate them to ourselves without thinking, well, are we actually amongst the people of God. Do these words belong unto us? But when we come to the word of our text, we believe that then is a general word. It is a word that really applies to all. And yet even that has a qualification in it. Because how can we continue in something that we have not begun in? So if there's to be a continuing in prayer, there must also be a beginning in prayer. So what then is prayer? 
Now when I am preaching to you, then I am bringing God's word to you. God speaks to you through me as his servant. When we come before the Lord in prayer, then I am speaking in a public way to God on your behalf in prayer. So, in one, it is the word of God coming from heaven to earth to man, and the other, it is man's word or his desires, as we had with Hannah in our reading, ascending up to God. And may we remember that. And what a great privilege and wonder it is that the Lord has ordered these these two uh, ordinances of preaching and of prayer specifically uh, of course in the, the church of God where there is that communication from earth to heaven from heaven to earth we think of Jacob's ladder with the angels and they uh, there were uh, ascending descending and ascending on that ladder there is that communication between man and God and so in prayer what authority do we have in it we know the Lord taught the manner of prayer in the Lord's prayer and how we are to pray as, as a pattern and coming before him in, in adoration coming before him in, in, in worship uh, and we have in, in that prayer, and of course it's recorded in, in a couple of places in the Word of God, but in Matthew chapter 6, uh, we have our Lord giving direction in prayer. And of course, private prayer, very different than public prayer. And in verse 5, to go uh, not standing uh, as hypocrites do and in a public place, but going into our closet. And when thou shut the door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret. Thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. And then the warning not to use just vain repetitions, empty things, but may there be a real point and an aim to our asking our prayers. But the prayer is not just asking, is it? Because when our Lord then teaches the manner of prayer, then we have... Uh, thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven and then the supplications to give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory for ever amen and so oftentimes we might uh, think of that that pattern of of prayer coming before the Lord with adoration, with praise first, and then uh, with confession, and then with supplications, or with thanksgivings, and then supplications. You can think of it in the uh, acronym, the word ACTS, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And in that way, we can have some order in our prayers as to how we come before the Lord and not just 
asking and asking without any thanksgiving, no confessions, no adoration. We need that balance. And so prayer, we have the authority. Our Lord Jesus Christ gives that authority and he says that if he ask anything in my name, I will do it. He directs us to how we should come, coming before the God of heaven and earth through our Lord Jesus Christ. He is our advocate with the Father. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. He speaks for us. I will pray the Father. The beautiful token of that when he ascended to heaven and sent forth the Holy Spirit. And the beautiful promise in this, if ye being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. And so may we uh, be encouraged with the authority that we have and direction in prayer and coming before God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But there must be a beginning in prayer for us personally. We read in Genesis of when Enos was born, then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. The Apostle Paul, Saul as he was, he was persecuting, and you can read this in the Acts of the Apostles, not, it's not said about those that were Christians or uh, persecuting God's people, that was true. But what is said, he was hailing men and women to prison, those that called upon the name of the Lord, that called on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that was his source of where the, where the persecution was. And yet when the Lord began with him, that's the very thing that he began to do. It was said to Ananias, Behold, he prayeth. Well, a Pharisee, they were known for their prayers, long prayers. But this is the first time he really prayed. And when we think of the Lord telling the parable of the Pharisee and the publican in the temple and the great contrast between the two, both were in an attitude of prayer, but only one went home to his house justified or counted free from guilt, the one that pleaded for mercy. So when we think of prayer, we think of it beginning, the Lord bringing us to call upon his name, to begin in prayer as a real mark of grace. One of the great things that accompany the new birth is when a sinner feels their sinnership and led by the Spirit to pray and maybe not feeling the Spirit, even praying, asking for the Spirit. And yet it is the life of God within that will bubble up in prayer. That men then begin to call upon the name of the Lord as Saul, Paul did. And when there is then that beginning, then we have the words of our text. 
then they make sense, as it were, to have an exhortation, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. So may we bless the Lord if indeed he has brought us to begin to pray. If he has not, and we have not begun to pray, we do not know that path of prayer, the breath of life in the soul. May that be a real concern to you this evening, that this is something that belongs to the new bird, belongs to the people of God, and I don't have it. I don't walk in that way. May it be a real concern to you, a real warning that this mark, this real evidence is is not with you. And may the Lord be pleased to use the word this evening to bring you to pray, to begin to call upon the name of the Lord. Well, I want then to come to the words of our text that speaks to those that have begun, they have been praying. And the word is this, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. So there are three points that flow out from the text. Continue in prayer and secondly, watching in the same things prayed for. And then thirdly, giving thanks as answers to prayers are given. So firstly, we have the exhortation to continue in prayer. Continuing in prayer. When we have begun, continue. Again, just this, what we began with, if anything is remembered, that where the Lord has brought us to pray, and maybe, maybe we go back many years and yet have neglected it, and yet the word still then is effectual. Continue in prayer. And we can think of many other situations. I want to to try to name a few of them to you in which this word is so applicable. When answers are not received, you know, that can be very trying, can't it? We pray, And there's no answers. You think of Elijah on Mount Carmel. He prayed once and the fire came down from heaven, but no rain, so he prayed again. James, he says, he prayed again and the the, uh, Lord gave the rain, but he had to go again seven times. And many times the people of God, they pray and pray and keep praying And it seems that the Lord is not hearkening. He's not listening to their prayers. And when that's the case, we are to remember this word, continue in prayer. Don't be discouraged. 
Don't think because as yet answers have not been received that they never will come. The experience of the word of God and of God's people proves this. When those who have been prayed for may be of loved ones for many, many years and we've thought those prayers have not been heard, not hearkened to at all and suddenly the Lord appears and he, we find he has and he is answering those prayers that have been offered up so many years ago. We often pray here at Cranbrook for those that are the children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren of those that attended the uh, churches in this town. Uh, we, we know we pray for our grandchildren and no doubt many of them have been prayed for that now no longer attend a place of worship. But those prayers, though their grandparents may be passed away and gone, yet they're still laid up, they're still remembered. And that's a great blessing, great wonder, that even though the one that has prayed is taken home to glory, their prayers are still laid up, still remembered. Remember when the Lord brought Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah, we read that the Lord remembered Abraham and he delivered Lot out of Sodom. Now Abraham of course was still living but Abraham had made intercession. He'd prayed as it were and pleaded with the Lord for Lot in Sodom and the Lord heard his pleading and delivered Lot. So continue in prayer even though at the moment, you say, I see no sign of any answer. In fact, you may see very opposite signs. But then there's another situation, and that is when an answer is begun. There's always a danger. We start to see the Lord appear, maybe in providence, Maybe in starting to move a loved one, bring them to be concerned, bring them to the house of God. And we're so thankful for it. And yet there's a temptation almost to think, well, the thing is done. The Lord's appearing. Yes, to give thanks for it, but, but to stop praying. As if it will... You know, prayer is answered, but has it all been answered? Is not there other things? There's so many things in our lives where we can see the Lord going before so wonderfully, but there's many other things still to be gone before. There's still things that need to be done, which if they're not done, it pulls down everything that uh, is being done before. You know, the children of Israel, they rightly gave thanks for when Moses was provided to bring them uh, out of Egypt. Uh, but later on, they had Pharaoh oppose it again and again. You know, they not only needed Moses sent, they needed the Lord to bring them out of Egypt. And when they were brought out of Egypt, they again, they had the Red Sea to get through all the time, fresh cause to 
to pray, you might say, in the same matter, in the same matter of bringing them from Egyptian bondage to Canaan, it wasn't just one answer to bring them out of Egypt. They needed to cry unto the Lord for, because of the Red Sea, the waters at Marah that were bitter, uh, uh, the need for food, uh, so many things along the way before they got to Canaan. And you and I are the same. May we look upon that word, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. And if you look at the margin of our Bibles, it says, cast thy gift. Those things that we pray for, you might say, well, I wish I didn't have to pray for that. That's a trial. That's a, uh, such an anxious thing, such a thing that's so troubling me. And the Lord says, no, I've given that to you as a gift so that you keep coming back, you keep coming in prayer. We have that fellowship, we have that communion. I want to hear from you and you will hear from me. And this is how the Lord keeps the people of God alive as he brings them again and again to him. So if you this evening can look upon beginnings to answers to prayer, don't stop praying. Continue in prayer. Continue. We think of the uh, king that came to Elisha, Jeroboam, I think it was, and he, he was asked to strike the arrows into the ground. He struck three times and then ceased. And Elisha was angry. He said that if they had struck five times, then they would have completely delivered uh, the Assyrians into thy hand. But, but now only three times. And restraining prayer, says the hymn writer, we cease to find large petitions with thee bring. What would we want to set short, as it were? Have our dear loved ones come to the house of God, remain there for the rest of their days, but not be truly converted, not be truly saved, not join the church. No, we want there to be a full sealing and blessing and the, the first start of the Lord's answering prayer. Then it is continue in prayer, in fact, even with more urgency that the Lord has begun, that he will finish and pleading his word. So continue in prayer when an answer is begun. Those of you that may be seeking the Lord, it's a blessed thing to seek the Lord. They that seek shall find. Ask and it shall be given thee. Seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. In our seeking, how needful it is to continue in prayer. There's a realisation of the worth of prayer, the Lord's appointment of it, and that he does answer, does appear. This is his appointment. He has ordained it. It is not man's devising. It is truly what the Lord delights in to hear his people and he will appear for them. So be encouraged if you are seeking the Lord, seeking his face, seeking to know that you're amongst his dear people, that your sins are pardoned and forgiven, 
Come before the Lord in prayer. Don't listen to the devil and say, well, you have no right to. You don't know whether you're one of the Lord's people. You don't know whether he's making intercession for you at all. And he'll put so many objections. Dear seeker, be aware that Satan will always oppose prayer. It is not the Lord that is hindering and stopping you and discouraging you. The Lord is encourages his people to call upon the name of the Lord and to have that blessing. Don't listen to Satan who would then undermine it and discourage you from prayer. So then it comes again, continue in prayer when we are tempted. When the tempter is coming in with one temptation after another, how easy it is, especially when those temptations are throwing accusations at us and uh, the temptations are tending to wanting to make us to stop praying. So we need this word again, continue in prayer. Remember the word uh, that we are to be instant in season and out of season. That is a charge uh, of Paul unto his sons in faith, in preaching. We need it, especially in the ministry, but it is so in prayer. To not just pray when we're in the Spirit, not just pray when we feel well, uh, it's easy to pray, but pray when it's hard to pray. And see what hard-hearted prayers will do. And the Lord, as we uh, read with uh, dear Hannah, you know, her voice was not heard. Sometimes it is good if we can be in a quiet place and where we're not heard by men, that if we play, pray audibly, it keeps us from wandering thoughts and focuses us more on what we are doing. But the Lord hears the groans, he hears sighs, he makes intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered and that's a great encouragement for us and especially when we feel out of season. You know, if we continue in prayer when we're out of season, we'll soon know the difference when we come to prayer and suddenly it is different. Suddenly we're softened. Suddenly we're drawn out to him. And we know that difference. So may we continue in prayer in that way. What about when we're discouraged? How often it is we get discouraged, disheartened, dejected, despondent then we need this word as well. Continue in prayer. And what about when we're feeling so sinful? Does the gospel, does the word of God, does our God have nothing to say or to encourage for a people that are sinners? That when they would do good, evil is present with them when sin is so close to them all the time, of course it does, continue in prayer. Let not sin stop us praying, but may it affect how we pray. If we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, if we are real, our prayers won't always be the same. Those things we're going through, those things we're feeling, they will affect how we continue in prayer. It won't just be going on as a stoic, as someone, and you think, well, nothing moves that person. They still trot out the same prayers. They still say the same things. They still say the same pattern. We, we could anticipate everything they say in prayer, irrespective of what's going on in their lives. But if we're real, our prayers will affect the changes around us, the changes in our souls, our feelings, and those things that we need from the Lord, that which we see of the Lord in adoration to him, that which we have to give thanks for, it will be reflected. Our prayers will be different. You think of Hannah. We read of her in 1 Samuel 1 and how that she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. You think of her attitude of prayer at that time when she had no child she's in great sorrow and and great trouble she's praying but it is in bitterness of soul and then we read in verse 12 and it came to pass as she continued praying before the lord there's our text isn't it continuing prayer dear hannah in that bitterness, in that trouble, she continued praying before the Lord. And then when she comes again with the child and uh, she comes and goes up to Eli and this is the mark. She says, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. It is her prayer that she is remembering and causing him to remember for this child I prayed and the Lord hath given me my petition that I asked of him. And then as we mentioned when we finished the reading the very first verse of the next chapter and Hannah prayed and said but what a different prayer now. How different than when she was in bitterness of soul. Now it is, my heart rejoiceth in the Lord, mine horn is exalted in the Lord, my mouth is enlarged over mine enemies, because I rejoice in thy salvation. In fact, in that prayer of thanksgiving and adoration, she doesn't mention Samuel. The, the gift, the blessing of what was being prayed for is left aside and the fact is the Lord has appeared for her. He has blessed her. He is her salvation. How many times things in providence, things that we prayed for, yes, we are thankful for the answer for that, but it's what it implies, it, what it means to us. This is the Lord's doing. This is the Lord appearing for us. He has answered our petitions. He has appeared for us. It's like those that followed the Lord for the loaves and the fishes. They had missed the whole point. 
though so taken up with the loaves and what they'd eaten, they'd missed the fact that this was a miracle. God had wrought it for them in the person of his beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. They'd missed that greatest thing. Hannah hadn't. She'd got her Samuel, but she passes by Samuel and she goes straight to the Lord. She saw the Lord in what had happened. She saw the Lord in the gift and the answer to prayer. That's what she saw, and may we be the same. Well, she continued in prayer, but her continued in prayer now, now it is in praise and in thanksgiving. Well, on to look then at a second point, and that is watching in the same things prayed for. It's very important that we watch and pray, pray and watch. That will also focus our prayers that therefore things that can be watched for, they're not such a general manner that we cannot say as Hannah did, for this I pray. There are things that we can watch providence, watch to see the answer. Now Elijah, he is praying and the fire comes down. He's praying, he's watching, he wants the, the rain. The rain comes, Hannah, she, she wants a child, the child is given. These things are watchable things. You might say, how watchable are our prayers? How many times do we remember what we've prayed for and we go forth in a day and we're waiting for a phone call, we're waiting for an email, we're waiting for a message to see whether our prayers have been answered, how the Lord will do for us or for our friends. The Apostle Paul spoke of those that were praying for him in his afflictions and his trials, and where he rejoiced was because where there was many praying for him, there were many that would be watching and many then that would be giving thanks when those prayers were answered. My mind goes to the church when Peter was in prison waiting to be brought forth before uh, Herod, Herod had already slain James with the sword and now he thought to do the same with Peter. But the Lord brought Peter out of prison and worked a wonderful miracle. He loosed his uh, chains, he opened the doors, he brought them out and he went to the house where the church was praying. And when he knocked on the door, then they sent Rhoda to ask who it was. She heard his voice and for joy she went in and said, It's Peter. They said, Thou art mad. It is his angel. And yet they're all gathered there praying for that very same purpose. And it seemed to be they weren't anxiously, anxiously watching. Shall we, when shall we hear the knock at the door? How shall the Lord answer our prayers? How shall he uh, deliver Peter? And when the answer is there, they can't even believe it. But may we be 
and, and remember, their prayers were answered in spite of their lack of watching, you might say almost in, in lack of faith. Uh, but maybe be watching as if we are truly expecting the Lord to appear for us and to not miss, you know, Elijah going back to him. The first sign was a little cloud like a man's hand arising out of the sea. He immediately recognised it, immediately caught hold of it. You think of when uh, Ben-Hadad, a wicked king, had been fighting against Ahab, put to the worst before Israel. But Ben-Hadad's servants, they knew that Israel's kings were merciful kings. It says something about the situation in those days, doesn't it? But because they knew that, they played on that. They went and humbled themselves with ashes, ropes upon their heads to try and obtain mercy. What an encouragement that is for us to obtain mercy under the gospel. We're not going to a king like wicked Ahab. We're going to the king of kings with a gospel warrant. But when they came, then Ahab says, Ben-Hadad, he is my brother. There was a relationship there. And you know, those servants, they caught hold of that. Thy brother, Ben-Hadad. And they obtained a release. He shouldn't have been released. Ahab had to pay for his life because he was released and let go. But our Lord Jesus Christ has already laid down his life for his people so he can let go to his people that come pleading for mercy to him. But the thing is with those messengers, they heard that one word and they caught hold of it. Dear friends, you continuing in prayer and you watching and the Lord gives you an answer. You say, but that's a small answer. That's a little matter. You catch hold of it. Catch hold of it as a token for good, as a who can tell, as, as those first things from the Lord coming from his hand. There's only those that are watching that will see these things and be encouraged and be strengthened. Otherwise they're just passed over. I've spoken to those that have been professed Christians and they've had things they've related that to me have been wonderful providences, answers to prayer, and they put it down to chance. They don't see the Lord's hand in it. The most solemn thing, especially for those who have made profession, my life's minutest circumstances subject to thine eye. And when we are aware of that, and we are aware that God is a God that hears and answers prayer, then may our watching uh, 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 noticing and put ourselves in a position you know Elisha's servant had to go look toward the sea so why there if it's going to be a miracle it might come from the wilderness no how often the Lord uses means that you might say well it would have happened anyway it was an ordinary thing it was coming through means that were used even by those who don't pray yes but the Lord uses means, and he can can go against them, against nature, but for the most part, the answers to prayer, he brings about in 
an ordinary way. And yet we are to see it, especially in the timing, the timing of it, the suitability of it. Remember the devil will so often say when answers begin to be, it would happen anyway. You minimize it and make it small. Make it low. Make it to be so we don't give thanks or don't continue in prayer and don't take courage and don't see a token for good, an evidence of his pleasure. But may we really think back how we were in distress. Like Hannah, if she was to think back that when she was so distressed, and she did, I am the woman that was beside thee. Now was I? I was in distress then, but I'm not now. Why? Because of the answer to prayer. And so we are to watch in the same things that are prayed for. May we take as much notice of watching the Lord's hand as we do in praying and may the two go together to make our prayers meaningful and watchable. I want to then look lastly at giving thanks as answers to prayer are giving. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. How vital it is there be that last part, with thanksgiving. And the way the text is put is, it's all joined together in one thing. And it speaks of the instant work of thanksgiving. You know, sometimes we might say, well, the Lord has begun, but I won't give thanks until... He's finished it. Be like the children of Israel saying, well, Moses says that the Lord has sent him to deliver us out of Egypt, but we'll wait until we get into Canaan before we give thanks. They didn't. They gave thanks straight away. But then there was a great trial of that and Pharaoh not letting them go. But we are to be instant in that thanksgiving, not listening to, well, We'll just give it a day. We'll just wait. Uh, we, we, we won't give thanks yet. Now, when we think of Psalm 136, in that psalm, we read of the mercies of the Lord. And those mercies are, are broken up. They're not all, all lumped together. And we have the... Uh, each verse ends, For his mercy endureth forever. And he speaks of the making of the great lights. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. And then breaking it down, the sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth together forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. And so it's not all put together when he brought them out of Egypt as well. He brought them out. but not, And that was a mercy. But then with a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever. Is not that enough? He divided the Red Sea? No. I see another mercy made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever. And another mercy in the same providence, the same thing, 
but overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his mercy endureth forever. And we see in one event, one providential event, there is seen not one thing to give thanks for, but many things, and many things to ascribe to mercy. And may we be the same when we give thanks with thanksgiving, joined to it so that we're giving the honour and glory unto the Lord. Really, in the three parts of our text, each one is an act of faith, an act of faith to pray, an act of faith to watch, an act of faith to give thanks. This is the work of faith. By grace ye are saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. The Lord is the author and finisher of faith. And where faith begins, like with the Apostle Paul, there'll be a beginning of prayer. And where there is a beginning of prayer, then there is to be a continuing. There's another thing, another thought here. Sometimes we might think, well, if the Lord begins sovereignly, unasked, pass by us, bid us live, then all of our spiritual life will be automatic. The Lord will just work in us as if we were machines and mechanical. No, that is not so. He gives a teachable spirit. He opens our ear. He gives us faith. And you think of that word of the people of God. They are kept by the power of God unto salvation. Now, there's something I've missed out in that quote, isn't there? Kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. The great power of God is put forth through faith, giving his people faith. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of the Lord. So then we have these epistles like before us, where the Lord uses his inspired word to instruct us what to do, how to act, and a living soul, And the act of faith will read this, listen to the message of this evening and obey it and follow it. They'll see it as the Lord speaking to them and the reinforcing of the blessing of faith that he has given to follow his directions and to walk in his ways, shepherded by the word of God. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. The whole reason for the word of God is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. And the preaching of the word is to save the people of God. Save them day by day from sin, from Satan, from themselves. Save them from the world and save them unto the Lord to live lives that are hanging upon the Lord with a constant communication from them to him, from him to them, and brings them as they go about their their work, their callings to be watching, looking for the Lord's hand and the Lord's working, and then to be returning with thanksgiving and with praise unto the Lord. So may this word be a seasonable word. May it be help to you, help to the preacher as well, to continue in prayer and watch in the same 
with thanksgiving. The Lord add his blessing. Amen.